Today on Goodbye Heartbreak, Hello Healing. And the grass is not greener on the side of divorce. It is, like I said earlier, the hardest thing I have ever had to do in my life. The undoing of a life with another person is extremely difficult. Hey sis, welcome to Goodbye Heartbreak, Hello Healing. Are you hurt and confused after a recent breakup? Are you having thoughts like, I can't believe I'm here again. Why wasn't I enough for him? Or I'm never going to get married. Do you find yourself Googling how to get past the breakup or how to heal my broken heart? Do you start your morning feeling like you can finally breathe again only to fall apart when you see a picture of your ex on social media? Hey sis, I'm Candace. I too was a single Christian woman who was heartbroken but still desired marriage. I too had numerous failed relationships and wished the right man would come along. I wanted closure from past relationships, healing for my heart, and I wanted to feel joy in my life again. But the truth is, I had no idea where to start or how to make any of this happen until I found the secret, partnering with God to heal from heartbreak. In this podcast, you will find tips for moving on after breakups, growing your relationship with God, and preparing for future relationships so that you will heal your heart and be ready to move forward into the life you desire. So turn off those heartbreak songs and turn me up in those earbuds. It's time to heal, sis. Hey, sis, and thank you for joining me back for part two of my conversation with LaShonda. I cannot wait to jump into it. But before we do, just a couple of things. Please make sure that you are subscribed wherever you are listening. And if you have not left your five-star written review, please go and leave it now. It really, really helps the show. Also, a big reminder, y'all, the podversary is coming up really soon at the end of May. So please go ahead and send in your voice memo, your voice message, letting me know how the podcast has helped you on your heart healing journey, how it has blessed you, and I will play it right here on the podcast. It is your opportunity to have your voice heard right here on the podcast so that other people will know just how much it has helped you and how it will help them too. So go ahead and send that to Contact at CandiceABaddies.com. I will put that in the show notes. Again, contact at CandiceABaddies.com and I will get it just a quick like 10 to 30, 45 seconds max voice memo letting me know how the podcast has helped you and blessed you. All right. I would so appreciate that for a special episode for the podversary. Okay. Also, sis, if you have not snagged your free copy of my new ebook 100 biblical affirmations to declare after a breakup you are missing out make sure you grab your free copy you can look in the show notes i have a link right there where you can go and i will deliver it straight to your inbox just put your name and email address in and it is yours to download and keep your free ebook okay do not miss out on that So like I said, we are going to continue our conversation on today with my sis LaShonda. Y'all, she has some really good nuggets. The things that she shares with us, she gets real vulnerable, still telling her story, but also how she navigated that season of her life with her children 
and you know how difficult that was for her but she was able to do it and make it out on the other side and so I want you guys to listen with open ears and also if you are single and you have not been married you're not a mom whatever the case is, I still want you to listen because there's so much wisdom that you can glean from this episode that will still help you. It will help you so much, okay? And it's t- she's talking about where some things where she may not have gotten it right that you may want to apply in the future, okay? Because, you know, tough times will come up no matter what relationship you find yourself in. So it's like, what do we do during those times? So I'm really happy that she is very honest about like her role and you know what she felt the other person's role was and it's just it's just good y'all just come on and let's get into it all right had to take a quick break because my littles were screaming but we are back (laughs) the seasons of being a mom yes the season of being a mom it's just so perfect for this episode so before we stopped um you were just kind of talking about how God had spoken to you and told you, you know, that that marriage was going to end. And we were just saying that, you know, everyone has to know for themselves, they have, you have to have that very um, close and, you know, good relationship with God to be able to hear his voice. But aside from that, like, of course, you're like, when he told you that, it's like, "Mm," you know, you didn't really believe it. (laughs) Like, no, you thought you didn't think it was him. So tell me like, what was like that um, transition? Like when things started to unravel and it started looking like that's the route y'all were going to go, maybe like, did it just go there? Or did you, was there some work done? Did y'all go to therapy? Like, what did y'all do whenever those signs started showing up? Yeah. So from the time that, um, you know, like I heard, I know that I heard that spoken to me to the time it actually happened was years. It was, I mean, probably at least six, maybe five or six years. It was a while. And so I honestly, like, I never said a word about it. I didn't even tell him, you know, cause I was mm-hmm. like, it's crazy. that's not, that's not so. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everything was fine. Things were good. You know, there was always, you know, like normal stuff, right. You, you have normal things that, you know, cause you to, you know, have arguments or disagreements or whatever. That was all normal stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. We had very young children. Like you have really young children <laughs> right now. So it's hard, right. It is, it is. Like there's always something. And so as the years kind of progressed, you know, yes, things really just started to get hard in a different way. Like we weren't getting along, couldn't talk about anything, disagreed about everything. And it was just to the point where I was like, all right, we, we leave home and we show up at church. Like everything is glorious at home. And then you leave home, you go back home and you're not talking to each other. So I would one say that because we at the time did get personally connected um, at church, that really did start to open up the issues we were having because you cannot be leaning in and learning, you know, the, the word of God and it doesn't change your life. It doesn't cause you to change some things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. issues really started to become amplified whenever, you know, like one person's working to change some things 
and the other person may not be working to change some things. And you start to realize and uncover, okay, well, we're really not aligned on this at all. Mm-hmm. And so honestly, we when we when it really came down to it and we were just kind of in that really, really rough place, like he actually was the one who suggested we go to therapy. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, no, I don't we don't, we don't need to do that. Like we just need to do this and it'll be fixed. Mm. And really and truly at that time, I was like, you need to stop doing this and it'll be all good. Like I was just, you know, hey, I don't have nothing to do with this. There's nothing about me. I don't care what you're complaining about. You just need to stop doing this and all our problems are going to go away, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is not true. Right. Been there though. Been there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And we, and we have to, and we gotta, you know, on this side of things, you gotta look at all of that. You gotta look at all of that, you know, when you're going through it, but hindsight is always 2020 right Mm -hmm. and so he he said let's go to therapy I said no we kind of went back and forth on that for uh, maybe two or three weeks something like that not very long and then I was like all right great you find somebody which was really abnormal for me because you know as with a lot of moms or wives in the house like the mom the wife will be the one coordinating appointments and doing those different things, you know, finding Mm -hmm. the doctors or whatever it is you need. And I was just like, I don't want to do that. Go ahead. I'll agree to go find somebody. And he actually found somebody, made the appointment. We went and then we got there and I was like, I don't like this person. (laughs) (laughs) I I was like, I don't like this person. This person is not right. And, and I had, and I felt like I had a valid reason for not liking the therapist because like all I remember is like her opening statement being, well, I've been divorced. I've been married and divorced twice. And I was like, well, you are not the person we want. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're not the person we want. And it turns out that after we kept going, like what the things she had to say were actually valid. And that opening statement that she had did have a lot of revel, you know, it was very relevant after we really started to get into it. So all that to say, like, sometimes you just got to be open to, mm-hmm. to doing the work in order to actually get some work done. Um, so we did try, um, I think for a time, both of us were trying at some point, though, that was not the case. It wasn't both of us trying anymore. It really just started to through going to therapy and everything. It really just started to um, be clear that one of us wanted to try and the other didn't at one point I remember we were actually in the therapist's office and I was like why are we even here because everything you're saying is opposite of making this of figuring out how to solve these issues it was almost as if like you know we were in this place where I was going to therapy we were going together but I was going to therapy to figure out how to make it work Mm -hmm. and he was going to therapy to figure out how to get out of it. Mm, and so we you. had two different, we were on two different paths. Gotcha. And I'm not saying that to say anything bad about him. I'm just saying this is mm-hmm. this was our reality, right? I had gotten to a place where I was, you know, I was in a place where I was still very adamant about making the relationship work. And for me, I really just had to look at the reality for what it is. And I'm always really careful when I say this because I don't want anyone to start to think, oh, well, I've done work. I've tried. 
it's time for me to go. This is never a message saying I'm condoning you getting out of your marriage, right? I fully believe that you should do everything in your power to fight for your marriage to make it work. And at the same time, one person cannot make it work. So again, you just have to be really personally connected to where you know that you're able to depend on what you're hearing and that be the voice of God Mm -hmm. and have those people around you that can help you. And when you're making, you know, just give you some, some wisdom, because you're going to feel like you don't, because you feel like you don't have anything, right? Mm -hmm. But be able to speak some wisdom into and over your life for the things that you're looking at, because when things are hard, one thing I know to be true is when things are hard, the easy thing to do is to look the other way, walk the other way, leave, mm-hmm. get out, run mm-hmm. away, do whatever you got to do to stop <laughs> yeah. having to deal with that. And then when you've been in a situation where things might have just been hard for a long time, that makes it much more appealing. Mm-hmm. The grass is not greener. Mm. Wow. <laughs> it's not. Whether you stick it out, fix it, work through it, both of you get the, you know, the help you need together and you you, you, you know, you solve the issues, you work together, together to do that. And you truly bring your marriage back together, whether you do that, do that, or, you know, you end up ending the marriage, getting divorced, going, there's stuff you got to go through on either side. And the grass is not greener on the side of divorce. It is, like I said earlier, the hardest thing I have ever had to do in my life, the undoing of a life with another person is extremely difficult. There's so Mm -hmm. many things that come with that. Like I was so embarrassed. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. I was hurt. I was alone. Like it was rough. Like you don't think when you just think about like being embarrassed about something, right? Yeah. Oh, it's embarrassment, right? We all know what that feels like. I was embarrassed to a degree, not necessarily because I cared what people thought. Like I just could physically feel the shame, (laughs) the kind of weight on it for like it not having worked out. It was like this feeling of condemnation. Absolutely. And nobody was telling me that. (laughs) Right. But it's self-condemnation. Yeah. There was not a single person who was like, who, who said something negative to me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, to me about what was happening or, or going on or the fact that, you know, there was a divorce or there was not even a person who said anything negative to me about him. And so, but I you got you a good circle. Yeah, I, <laughs> right. I had all these feelings and I was like, I, I actually felt like I was like, I don't know how this is going to work out for the kingdom. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know how I. Like it was so, it was, it was like all these things. And obviously, you know, it's like all these things that the enemy is going to start to try to feed you. Right. So you can stay stuck and you can stay in that place and you can start to um, not just focus on the, the healing part of it, but focus on getting stuck in that place where now you're angry all the time and you're resentful and things really start to get dirty and ugly and messy. And so I had to really like fight hard for that part not to be the part that rose to the top because it was there. I can't lie say it wasn't there. Hey sis, can I have a moment of your time? I remember what it's like to be a single woman dealing with heartbreak from numerous failed relationships. 
I thought the best way to get over a man was to get a new one. So I went from man to man trying to find someone who would take away the pain I felt. Then I thought I found him, but after a couple of years of dating, that relationship ended too. That broke me. I cried all the time and I felt so lost and alone. At that point, I gave up. I didn't even have the strength to get out there and try to find another man. The pain in my heart was so great that I knew no man would be able to heal it. I knew I had to do something different this time. Then one day, I decided to give it all to God. I surrendered my broken heart and that breakup to God, and it made such a huge difference in my life. In fact, that was the turning point for me. Within one year after surrendering everything to God, I found myself having peace and joy again, being content as a single woman, becoming confident in who God created me to be, and even engaged and shortly afterwards married. Talk about a year. Sis, are you ready to move on after this breakup? I would love to help you move forward into what's next for you. Join me for a heartbreak coaching session where we will create a 90-day heart healing plan. I will show you how to partner with God to release negative emotions and find peace in the midst of your heartbreak while also empowering yourself as a single woman. You will be able to carry out the simple steps to make real progress on your healing journey with a customized plan of how to move forward. Plus, you'll receive two weeks of accountability from me. If you're struggling to find healing on your own, I invite you to sit with me to tell your story and begin creating a new and better one. Spots are limited, so go now to CandiceABaddies.com forward slash services to book your 60-minute heartbreak coaching session. If you think this is the end, remember 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Let's do this, sis. Now back to today's episode. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine. And so with that being said, I mean, you're going through all of this. And I'm glad that you're really talking about like the emotions and the the shame and the, you know, condemnation, all those feelings that were coming up to you. So as you're dealing with all of this, how like were you able to um, see what was happening with your children at that time? Mm-hmm. Like what was actually going on with them as you were walking through this or as you and your ex were walking through this? Yeah. And I, so the first thing I want to say is that immediately kind of to the point that I was making earlier when I was saying how, you know, I was like so hard on myself for introducing like divorce into their life. Right. But then on the other side, I was like, okay, well, there's all these other things that were happening in the marriage that were also not good for them. So to that point though, like whenever we did separate, I, it was pretty immediate noticed, like just kind of a a difference in them. They Mm. were happier. What? Really? They were, they were just happier. Now, granted, if anybody has boys, they know that boys really don't like to talk about stuff. Right. And of course it can be true of girls too, because I'm a girl that doesn't really like to talk about stuff, (laughs) (laughs) but boys really don't like to talk about stuff. Like they just don't. And so I was always very intentional about even like in my hurt, right? And some of this, I had to just kind of start to self-correct too, because by by nature, I'm a person who does not, I don't wear my emotions on my sleeve. So a lot of times it was just me like in that robotic frame of mind, like I'm going to get up, I'm going to do these things. like a drill sergeant, right? I'm just doing, doing, doing. And I got all these things done and it's all good. And you're never going to see me facing the challenge, if you will. You're never going to see me feeling the hurt. 
which is doing them a disservice. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I'm not going to be on the floor, balled up, crying, not getting out, of, can't get out of it. All those things, you know, where they got to come start taking care of me. That's not me. And that's not what happened. So the self-correction part came from me realizing that like they, yeah, I was, I was really happy to see that they were happier kids just in general, because they were, I mean, they're teenagers now, but they were um, just entering like middle school. So they were several years younger, you know, three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and actually it was probably closer. It was closer to five years ago because we were separated for about a year and a half before we were divorced. Gotcha. So, so they were, you know, considerably younger um, kids at the time. So they were just much happier. You know, they just, you know, just kind of blossomed a little bit more, if you will. But the self-correction had to come whenever I realized like, well, they, there is some value in them knowing that this did hurt their mom. Mm, Yeah. That I didn't necessarily want this. And it is painful for me to deal with. And there is a way through it, but in order for them to know that there's a way through tough things, they have to be able to at least see some of it. And so for me, that really came more in like us talking about things. Mm -hmm. I was always very intentional about, because there were some very rough moments, right? During the separation where when, of course, we were already in a place where we didn't agree on anything. We couldn't talk about a whole lot because we really didn't agree on anything then. And so that particular piece, no, I didn't have any interest or desire in them necessarily seeing all that stuff. But they did need to see that I was in a place of hurt. They and and honestly, if I didn't, even if I didn't choose to show them anything, they could tell. Like you can tell when your mom is sad, especially for kids, right? You can tell when your friend is sad, you know, any of those relationships that you have, you can tell when there's something wrong or something going on with that person. They could see it physically, like, because I just looked a hot mess all the time because I spent most of my night in tears in my room with the door closed. Mm -hmm. So I started to just become more open with talking to them about it. Like when we would sit down to eat dinner like I would just have open the conversation and be like, how are you feeling about this? How are you feeling about this? This is how I feel about, you know, where we currently are. I want to make sure you guys understand that. Yes, I know this is hard to deal with. It's very hard for me to deal with. It was much just, you know, just really like in these practical little pieces of conversation that I started to just show them that I did actually have some feelings about it because they never saw me like crying about stuff other than mm-hmm. the day that we told them we were separating. Like I did cry that day mm-hmm. and when we were telling them, but other than that, and it wasn't like this big, messy cry, right? It was like little trickle tears. <laughs> <laughs> and so other than that, they had never like seen any of that. And so it really still wasn't to that degree that they were able to get some insight, but I wanted to make sure I at least told them there is some stuff happening and I do feel really sad about it. And I feel sad a lot and all the time, but I know that one day it's going to be different. And how did they respond to that? Okay, mom. (laughs) But they they didn't really open up about their feelings or emotions behind what was happening. They They didn't to a large degree. What for the most part, what they would say is, you know, yeah, we get it, understand, 
the, and this is, so I'm going to kind of bucket this in, in, if you will. So my older kids would say, yes, we get it. We understand. Sometimes they would actually say, we, we like it better this way. Oh, okay. Like things are just better. And that, you know, was like reminding me of those times whenever I was like, yeah, I'm like, well, they, they did know as much as I tried to in my mind, tell myself they didn't know things because they weren't seeing anything. Mm-hmm. They know, yeah, you know? And so just the little bit that they would give, you know, and I remember one time, one of the boys said in our conversation, he was, he was just like, well, as long as you're happy, like, I really just like that you're happy. Oh, that's such a boy me, for you. Aww. Yeah. And it made me realize, man, I really, I was just not even happy. Like any given day of the week, I just wasn't happy. And that says a lot, mm-hmm. you know, again, not saying if you're not happy, go out there and in your marriage. Right. Right. But in the context of like all these different things, like that were happening for him to say that it was like, man, you knew things were like out of line, misplaced and just really like not where they needed to be. Now the, my younger son, because he was so much younger, he's about six years younger than my older boys. So he was um, a lot younger than the older boys were. So they had a better sense of understanding about what was happening. You know, they already had friends whose parents were to were divorced and lived separately, all of that. Like they just by experience in life already, like going into sixth grade had already known and had friends whose families had kind of been through the same stuff. But my younger son was um, about six years younger than them. And so he was really just, it was, it was a lot harder for me with just hearing some of the stuff he would say, because what he would say when we had these conversations was, well, I really just wish that we could all live in the same house again. And well, maybe we could just live next door to each other. <laughs> like he was, he would, he was he trying would, to figure it out. He was always trying to fix it, mm-hmm. right? Bring us all back to the same house. So he didn't understand, he didn't have the same experience that the older boys had because they were older. So they had much more, you know, a different level of understanding about right. things that they had known were happening or mm-hmm. they feel were happening than he did. He was still very young. And so he would just kind of, you know, like kind of glorify how to make it all come together again. And so in those moments, you know, that even still was an opportunity for me to say to him, I agree. I really wish we could live in the same house again, too. Right now, that is not going to happen or that is not the, you know, the reality. And eventually, like those those discussions did have to change a little bit as it was going to become permanent. Right. Mm-hmm. And so and I was never one to, to just kind of gloss over things with them. I'm just not that person. I mean, I'm not just going up to them and being like, hey, we get a divorce. We sign the papers tomorrow. Right. I'm not doing that. But I was always like dropping in these little moments where, you know, I kind of gave them an update, if you will, about, yes, we're still separating. No, we're not divorced. You know, we're still figuring out what's going to work and how we're going to move forward. Um, And, you know, just just little things like that, just keeping them in the loop, so to speak, so that they're just not having to guess about like what their parents relationship look like. Wow. Yeah, that is, that's some great advice because uh, 
I think people are always, they're going through this. And I know that they know that their children are experiencing something too, but they're not quite sure like how to really um, navigate that situation with their children. And so I think not saying, not saying that the children are part of the decision, right. But as you said, keeping them in the loop of what's going on. So it's not like all of a sudden one day, oh, you made this decision and you didn't even tell me about it. Or you made this decision and it, you know, like they just feel like y'all over here doing this and they're over there not involved at all. And so I think that's really important just to have them just to have knowledge of what is happening Mm -hmm. at the very least. Yeah, I also thought it was helpful for them to still be able to like be okay with having a, whatever relationship they were going to have with their mom and their dad individually now. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I feel like, especially like where my boys were concerned, like they always, they're very close. They're very close and attached to me. They are. And so, you know, they, there was this, this level of, you know, like always wanting to make sure, like for, for my kids, they always want to make sure and check back the thing, the decisions they're making with me. And I love it. Right. It's not always yeah. going to be like that, but it yeah. still is today. So <laughs> to a large degree, they're still going to check the decisions that they're making back with me. Um, even when I say, Hey, you can make that decision on your own. They're still going to check it back with me. And so I knew going into that, even though they were younger at the time, I didn't want to impose anything on them. I didn't want to make them feel like they had to check back with me on whatever level of relationship they were going to have with their dad. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the roadblock to that. And I made that decision like very quickly, right? Whatever, it doesn't matter what it is we're going through. I'm I'm never going to be the roadblock in them having that relationship with him now whatever that relationship turns out to be is up to dad right Right, right. like that is not up to me but I what is up to me is that I'm not a roadblock and that's I was very intentional about making sure that they had a clear path to do that and being careful about what feelings I'm I'm showing them because when I'm real mad at him (laughs) right Mm mm-hmm about all this stuff that we're going through, maybe I don't need to say that around them, right? Right, right. right. <laughs> because that is going to affect the way that they see him. And it's not about hiding things from the children, but it's about knowing what is appropriate and what that's going to, what type of environment that's going to breed for them. Right. Oh, wow. This is so much, wow. Wow. I love, like I want the women who are listening, especially those who are actually walking through this season right now to really just like soak up um, what LaShonda is sharing from her experience, right? And her experience is not everyone's experience. And I do understand that. And so, but take away what real, that you could really apply to your life. And so LaShonda, like, cause we can talk about this all day, I'm sure, but how can, I want to wrap this up with just what is like some encouragement or just one thing that you can just give hope to someone who's listening, who's walking through divorce right now, either they're headed that way, they've maybe separated or and headed towards divorce, or they have divorced and are just trying to pick up the pieces of their life at this moment. Yeah. So I think I would say a couple of things to that. So the first thing would be um, that one, it does get better, 
right? Like, even, no matter where you are in it, it does get better, whether that means like you're, you're heading towards divorce and you know it, or you don't really know, or you're, you know, it's, it's maybe to the point where, you know, you're contemplating whatever, it does get better. So that would be the first thing that I would say. And then the other thing um, that I would say is that you cannot change the desires of another person. And so whatever season you find yourself in where it relates to divorce, right, or separation, you can't change the desires of another person, like you can't make the other person want to make it work. And that doesn't mean that you give up. What that does mean is that you become inwardly focused on what you can change, which is yourself. And when I say that, I want to say it with a word of caution, because I don't want any woman to feel like, you know, that means that she is the problem. Right. Right. We know that divorce is caused by multiple different reasons. Right. There's so many different things that go into why divorces happen. And no one situation is going to be the same. Anyone who hears this, their 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 situation is not going to be identical to mine. And without me even sharing like what all those pieces to the puzzle were, it's not going to be the same. So those pieces become irrelevant. So you can't change the other person's desires to want to be in the relationship or not. And, and you do have to get to the point where you start to inward, inwardly focus on yourself. And in doing that, it's not just about like the ways that you contributed to how the marriage may have fallen apart or be falling apart, but just yourself, right? You have to learn yourself. And I think a lot of times whenever we get married, we, we glorify it, you know, because it is a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. but we're looking at the stuff on the outside, you know, we're looking at, you know, the, the life that we can put out there, like on social media, or we're looking at the wedding and, you know, all these, the nice and beautiful parts, right? Mm-hmm. What we don't look at is all the stuff that happens after you go home and you got to stay together all the time. And then you have kids and you get bills and somebody might get sick, yeah. might lose your job, like all life just starts to happen. And you don't know how you're going to react in those situations. You don't know. We often don't even know really well what we're bringing with us when we get into a relationship just on a basic level. Mm-hmm. And so in the time that you're in now, when you, when you really and truly understand, I might want to make this work, but I don't know if they want to. And you know that you can't change their desires. Focus on the things you can change, which are those things within yourself. Because I guarantee you, doesn't matter what things are happening that might be causing the relationship to fall apart. We all have room. Mm -hmm. We have room to improve and room to grow. And you're going to need that room for yourself, regardless of where it ends up. Because Mm -hmm. if you end up, you know, the if you end up, and you know, my prayer is always that we can work to keep our marriages together, right? If you end up making it work, finding what the things are that really needed to be just kind of, you know, fleshed out to get to the place where you can, you know, make it work, you got to do some self 
work, some individual work. And Absolutely. so, and so the, the priority has to be focusing inward on yourself, just really kind of taking apart who you are internally, you know, how you responded in different situations when, whether, when things maybe had been done to you or, you know, things didn't go the way you thought they should go, how you responded, maybe some of the things you might've even done yourself, right? Yeah. So we have to look at ourselves and be committed to one, just making ourselves healthier, making ourselves whole individuals, Mm -hmm. because we go into marriages thinking that, oh, this person's going to complete me. (laughs) They're my better half and they're going to, no, you have to be a whole person. And I fully know today that I was not, I was nowhere near a whole person when I got married, nowhere near it. Had I been a whole person, honestly, I can say it today. Honestly, I don't know that we had, we would have ever gotten married I, because none of the things that were happening in the end, none of those things were new. You just had become whole. They were there 18 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing about it now because I can, right? I'm on the other <laughs> side. But none of, and one of the most painful pieces was the fact that none of it was new. And I was sitting there like soaking in my tears and like, oh my gosh, none of it's new, right? But it's so painful because I just kept going. But it's because like by the time you, you, you like you're all the way in it, you're attached to this person for things that they can't even do for you. Mm, wow. So wherever you are in whatever season, you know, part of this season that you are in, be committed to really just taking a deep dive with yourself, go to therapy on your own. If you have to, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like or means for the relationship, go to therapy on your own. If you have to Um, really start to seek, you know, building your, your relationship with God, because ultimately like that's who you need to be checking back with. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like you can, you can hear all the things that I've had and all the things are done are done and shared um, the experiences I've shared. But ultimately, like every time I was going through it, even my friends who were walking right along with me couldn't help me. Yeah. They could be there for me, but they couldn't help me do the things I needed to do. They couldn't help me do the work on myself. They couldn't help me come to terms with what was happening in the relationship. Like that was all God. And it had to be, they could not carry those things for me. I had to carry them and take them to God. God. And he is the one who had to give me the direction for each step that I had to take. And, and that, and that's just it. So if you're not part of a church, I know in today's society, like everybody has all these things to say about being part of a church, but the purpose in being part of a church is that you have people, a body of believers who also believe like you believe mm-hmm. in Christ that can keep you believing when you don't have it anymore. Yeah. Ooh, yes, and if I didn't have that, I kept going to church. As embarrassed as I was, <laughs> as shameful as I felt, I, during that time, I mean, and I was going, listen, we served in ministry together. I kept going to church whenever I knew, you know, the visual was, oh, well, and again, nobody was telling me these things, but you know, like 
you know, like if you just show up one day without the spouse and then you keep showing up without the spouse, even the people who don't know, (laughs) right. And so that was so hard for me, but even when I'd been up all night crying, I knew that I could go to a place of safety, you know, not because he was after me, right. I needed a place to pour out all the stuff that I was going through, that I was dealing with. And by pour out, I literally mean like lay myself on the floor at the altar crying, not honestly speaking here, nearly every Sunday Mm -hmm. and being safe to do that. Yes. And really just being surrounded by people that could just like love me when I felt unlovable. And what a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. And like, as you said, you know, today's society, everybody's like, oh, I don't need to go to church to have a relationship with God, you know, and you don't, you don't need to go to church to have a relationship with God, but that that's not the purpose of church because your relationship with God should happen at home. It's the relationship with other believers that happens at church where you come together to, you know, fellowship and to learn from one another and encourage one another. That's the purpose of the body, right? To uplift one another. And so what a beautiful picture you paint with that. Um, So I just, you know, like I said, I, it's a sobering because I know like for, even for me, um, we all like as a married woman, every married woman could say she's experienced that point in time where she's like, I don't know if I should stay in this thing, you yeah. know? And it's, that's the reality, right? That's the reality. And so like listening to you talk about it is very sobering because I think sometimes, as you said, it can look uh, glamorous to walk away because like, you know what? I don't have to deal with this no more. I don't have to put up with this. If I leave you, I'd be so much happier. Da, 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 da. You know, all these things. It's not so. <laughs> Knowing that, you know, now just listening to your story is like, there's a healing journey, whatever decision you make. Mm-hmm. healing has to occur. And so I'm so grateful to you, LaShonda, that you decided to come and share your story. I know this was like you getting super vulnerable uh, to tell your story, but I'm so glad that you did because your testimony is going to help so many women. So tell people, I don't know if you have a place that you want people to connect with you. Don't you have a blog or something? I, like what? I do. Yeah, tell people <laughs> where they can find you. I do. And I need to stop saying it like that. So I started the, I started the blog, um, a few years ago, really, honestly, it was actually, it was the, it was just a few months after like the divorce was actually final and that year. And it was actually like the height of the pandemic. It was in 2020. And so that year was really just a pivotal year. And I was like, all right, I'm going to finally do this. Like, I'm just going to put it out there and what better time to do it um, than now. So I started the blog and um, so y'all can definitely connect with me there. I share like some of my experiences and just what the journey has been like, but I also share, um, I I mostly share really just, um, you know, just some, some different um, perspectives about like everyday life in general. And like, it is, um, you know, like your podcast, um, a Christian based faith based place and community where I, um, you know, if you come there, you're going to get, you're going to get a healthy dose of Jesus. (laughs) Um, and so I want to just share 
everything that I believe he has given me to be able to share um, with others. So I definitely do that there. The blog is theldean.com. And um, I'm sure you'll kind of put that in show notes. notes. Yes. Yes. And then <laughs> throw what have you so people can can actually find it. And then of course on Instagram at DLDean as well. And um I have a Facebook page, same name. Um I am one of those people who am periodically active on social media, but (laughs) (laughs) um, but definitely come and engage with me there. I would love to hear if anybody has any, um, you know, stories or anything like that to share. I am happy to connect with others, um, whether it's around, you know, the topic of divorce or, you know, being a mom, single mom, just, you know, doing the different things. And so you get a little bit of all of that stuff on the blog as well. Awesome guys. So make sure you go and check her out. I will link everything in the show notes so that you don't have to worry or go searching. You can just click it in the show notes so you can go and find and connect again. LaShonda, thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. We are so grateful and so appreciative ladies come on over to the Facebook group. Let us know what you thought about this episode and you know, I'll talk to you again really soon. Love y'all. Bye. Hey sis, listen, if you've been blessed, changed, or inspired by this podcast in any way, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is the number one way that you can thank me and show support for the show. Also, if this podcast blessed you, don't keep it to yourself. Do a quick share and bless someone else. Please know I am so grateful for each and every one of you, and I would love to hear from you. Come connect with me and other like-minded individuals in my Facebook group called Christian Women Overcoming Heartbreak and Finding Purpose. I can't wait to meet you back here really soon. Until then, remember to love the life you have while you're making it better. Love you, sis.